yeah, from time to time, I have these dreams about uh, like I'm looking out from outside, or I have this feeling that something is happening outside the world, and I have to be inside. Like there's something, like yeah. there's something going on. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, but I like these moments that I'm like rushing home, closing my door, and my. Welcome to the From Quarantine podcast. A daily dose of dry humor from two Americans living in the heart of Europe. Hosted by January Newbanks and Tassie Gibson. Hello, everyone. Hello. (laughs) Today we have a third voice on our podcast. Yes, I'm excited tonight. Our friend Ondra is joining us. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) To To be real, though, like, I just met Andra like five seconds ago on uh-huh. we're, we're friends friend already so. <laughs> on Zoom. This is your friend, technically. If he says anything weird, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Andra, you are double excitement for us because uh-huh. number one, you're Czech and you're yes. the first Czech on uh-huh. our podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored. I'm and honored. number two, you're not the first guy, but you're the first solo guy. It's true. Solo guy, like Dan and Nikki were a married couple. They were on with oh, us together. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a double honor then. Yeah. <laughs> so am I like speaking to all like men? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, You're responsible right. for the male perspective. Ah, okay. That'd be tough. <laughs> You're speaking for all men and all checks. And all checks. Okay. Good. Great. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Don't feel any pressure though. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's a really hard thing though because when students ask me like what do americans think about and you're like well i don't know it depends who you ask <laughs> yeah yeah and also you're not american anymore oh yeah, yeah. you're more, more chick than i am <laughs> <laughs> by the way I, yes i speak for the all nation of Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> for, for all men. Okay. So I guess we can start with bullet points. If anything mm-hmm. interesting happened, and then we'll uh, ask Andra a couple questions. Yeah. Okay. So anything interested? Interesting happening? Um, I have developed a military-like tool for my eating <laughs> <laughs> because you know, like you don't go out. There's no like rhythm to life anymore. So I've like set alarms on my phone, and I just mm. like have meals that I can prepare in less than five minutes. <laughs> and I feel like I've like sunk to a new level of like subhuman this week. <laughs> like I'm just wandering the, around the house with my like five minute meals. And like today I made my meal and then I sat by Andy who was working um, in his office and he was like, what do you need? And I was like, nothing. I just don't want to eat alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing like social interaction for sure i don't i, mean, I don't yeah. remember what tv show it is but there's a tv show where they talk about in the future there will be meal pills and you just take the pill yeah and like it eliminates the need for eating i don't remember if it was futurama or one of yeah. those mm-hmm. and um, um, there's a thousand sci-fi like stories like that yeah, yeah and i love food you guys know i love food yeah. um but yeah there is a point where you're cooking three meals a day um where you're like, yeah, it'd be nice just to pop a pill. Yeah. Not have to deal with this meal today, right now. <laughs> just like, wait, I like, at, at any time I cook, I 
cook like three for three days or two yeah. days at least because it's just so annoying to cook. I, me too, I like I love cooking, but just like doing it every day is just nah. Why not? Cook more portions. Yeah. yeah. Have you tried Ondra the Czech meal supplement? Um, Amana? Yeah. Nah, not yet, but uh, my girlfriend has, and she said it's not. Uh, it's not the greatest food, but it'll it, it'll fill you. It's like a yeah, lunch. Uh-huh. It costs like eighty grams, and it'll like give you everything you need. So yeah, I tried. I haven't it. tried it yet, but I've tried the chocolate. And oh, um, have you? Yeah, Angela, our friend, actually. Uh, is friends with a woman who her husband works there and she gave me some uh that the woman had given her to sample and it is like it is filling it's not the best tasting but i hear it's effective and mm-hmm. people enjoy I, it i haven't gotten that desperate yet <laughs> <laughs> i know there's something so beautiful about sharing a meal with someone oh, yeah. like where you cook the food and you know you get to share the food and it's such a like big part of being human that I, I feel like that that loss of like really i mean like i have a family so i share a meal every night with my daughter and my husband and stuff but not being able to share meals or coffee or whatever it is with friends is like really freaking me out. Like my brain mm-hmm. is like now, now we're like a month into it. Right. It feels like yeah. forever. It feels like three months into it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> we're a month into it. And so I feel like that, that lack of sociability, like one, I'm afraid that I'm not going to have the proper antibodies to walk outside. after. <laughs> because <laughs> like, we've I've, sterilized ourselves yeah. into little I, like neutral balls yeah. stay in our home all the time and like all of a sudden we're going to be able to leave the house and i'm thoroughly confused about what's happening but that that's for a later date um about what's happening with like the nobody knows. the loosening of the what, restrictions and stuff um but two i'm afraid that i'm also going to be like a big dork. Like I've lost social skills. I mean, like everybody will. So I think yeah, it'll be, I guess it'll be just weird together. conversation for like three weeks. Because <laughs> it's so true. Like I, like most of the time I'm just speaking with my girlfriend and sometimes uh-huh. with Tassie and that's it. And when I see like, like some random person on the street, I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's a weird feeling for sure. I know. Um, Ondra and I have been lucky because we're neighbors. Oh, that's so, so yeah. actually when I on this podcast have been talking about food exchange and meeting up with neighbors for a walk, he's the guy based yeah, <laughs> in a lot of those stories. And yeah. his girlfriend Ifja, mm-hmm. uh, who Tony loves. Uh-huh. Like there's there's not another word for how he feels about uh-huh. her. We yeah. walked past their apartment last week, well, Easter when we were doing food exchange and and um, he just sat at the bottom of the door and barked and cried while they looked out the window. <laughs> Poor baby. Yes. What about you, Tass? What's going on with you? Um, well, I realized yesterday I said that it was day 30 of the podcast. It was not. Um, <laughs> it was day 28. It wasn't even like I was one day off. I was two days off. And then I start looking at my um, diary in general, and I realize that I'm just totally off in everything. Uh-huh. Um, I had classes scheduled at the wrong time on the wrong days mm-hmm. this week. Um, and I feel like 
I've given up on time. <laughs> like yeah, today, actually, time. today I thought it's like 220 or 221. I was like, what well, year is it even? It's like, <laughs> that for real, it was like my, it's 221. Yeah. There was an interesting quote from the New York Times article that I read today that said, for populations unexpectedly and indefinitely confined to their homes, Timekeeping no longer seems staked in the ordinary movements of the sun, but tied to a cloud selected at random. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It just feels like, mm, how am I going to make myself feel like this is a day? Yeah. It, yeah. So it was just a funny little thing for me realizing like how off I am. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the, I feel like one of those people that you read about in psychology studies that they put you underground and your body goes to like a 27 day clock, a uh, 27 hour clock instead of a 24 and you're just all messed up. Oh. So, so nothing big, but just amused me. Yeah. What about you, Andre? What's going on in your life? I sharpened my knives today. Nice. Yeah, it, was, it was a good feeling because they were like not sharp. I sharpen them. It's one of the highlights of my life. Ah, it's so like it's so <laughs> like therapeutic in a way. It's like mm -hmm. a beautiful, beautiful work. So mm, I like yes. that. Uh, I like sharpening I, knives too. It's really satisfying. It is. It is. It is like this really like nice. It's like waves in the ocean uh -huh. you down. Yeah, I like it. I'll do it every day now. I like the sharpest <laughs> knives. You have the sharpest knives. Just like a little <laughs> little knives. So yeah, it was, it was my highlight of my my. Two months, I would say. Well, if, if society starts to break down, you can also use them as a weapon. So I keep will. that up. I totally will. Yeah. It's you like on Game of Thrones. If you want to. Yeah. It's like on Game of Thrones where like you always see this the character like with the sword sharpening it like every single day. <laughs> and it's me. Uh, every me. single <laughs> episode. That's gonna be Andra. Yeah. Uh, so I actually I did it for the first time too. So I watched like the YouTube videos and uh, uh -huh. Vicky how. That was uh, that was nice. Like, yeah, that's nice. cool. Recommend it. Uh, also, I worked. I work. I have like a normal uh, work schedule, forty hours a week. So yeah. 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 So this is actually a good place to dive in and say, mm -hmm. um, Andra, tell us something about yourself. <laughs> um, we can start with how do we know each other? Uh, so I believe it was year and something ago when I did TEFL. At Spivacek, and I was honored to have Tassi as my <laughs> grammar teacher. Uh, and then we, when we moved to with my girlfriend here to Zevenov, we started to walk in Tonda and so on. So, oh, nice. well, we know each other from TEFL course. Yeah. So poor Andra had to hear me drone on for a month already once, and now he has to <laughs> listen to me drone on again for a uh -huh. month on a podcast. Well, for for the first time, I actually had to pay for it. Now I don't. Have to <laughs> And what do you do exactly uh, since you're working a 40 hour week? Uh, so I'm a, I'm a social worker and I work, uh, I think you don't have that in the United States, but we have uh, like a free time club. It's not free time, but it's like for social work. Uh, it's for kids after school and we provide them with uh, social services, like whatever they need, whether it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, teaching for school or tutoring or uh, whatever, whatever they ask for. We, 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 we try to, it is, it is, it is. I, I, I love my job. It's, it's really cool. But so, like, mm -hmm. so it's, 
since it's a quarantine podcast, mm-hmm. um, how have you transitioned that? It's, it, I mean, it's, it's really hard for me because like mm-hmm. uh, I've been working there like three months and for the first two months I was in the club actually. And every time, every day there was like a lot of interaction with kids. I mean, a lot of energy, a lot of football and a lot of chit chatting. I was really, you know, it gave me energy back and I'm just sitting at home by my computer. It's really, uh, it's, it's hard. And are the kids contacting you well, online or? I uh, mean, yeah, some, but it's not the same, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you're sitting behind your phone and it's just like, it's a different type of conversation, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and yeah, like, especially with kids, like it's hard to. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to connect over video. Like, yeah. Yeah. And especially like we're trying to be the proactive, you know, we're not just sitting around waiting for the kids to write. So we actually right. write them. And it's the dynamics different because mm-hmm. like when they're in the club, they come to us and that's like changes everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Also, I, we have like a lot of administration work to do. Like, uh, so some stuff for, uh, for the actually, uh, for the club. Also, since I'm new, I, uh, have a lot of, uh, reading to do. Mm-hmm. We like these days we have a new, uh, like, uh, new target group. Let's call it. Uh, like some Romas kids. So I'm reading a lot about like Romas in general. So that's fun. Oh, that's really that's fun. I, I, I miss, I really miss like being outside with the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I know that's really hard. I miss mm-hmm. being outside with two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially with my daughter. I mean, like when we take her to the park and she, or I take her to the park and she's her scooter, she's like in seventh heaven she's just like oh my gosh and that's it and she and andy have like a ritual of going up to the roof together um around lunchtime and sitting on the roof and um eating lunch or reading Mm. books or whatever it is they want to do yeah i'm usually working on this podcast at that point in time but maybe i'll join (laughs) them (laughs) i think it has to be hard for kids because it's a little bit like some summer holiday well we were even joking at easter that it feels like summer holiday oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like but, end of august emptiness. right <laughs> yeah, like, oh, but yeah. it's not summer holiday and i'm sure mm-hmm. their parents are yelling at them to be at home and not to go in friends houses and yeah it just has to be a bit confusing i mean it's like what i've heard from kids they have a lot of school i mean they have like yeah like yeah four six hours even of school a day wow of homework and a lot of it's like, so weird because they don't even like they're not even in class that long and school i mean they've tried this week like online uh actually online teaching the, the teacher oh, yeah. is like is, is like this on skype or whatever mm-hmm. and i mean but they have like 20 kids and That's like trying insane. to connect like 21 people as like oh it's gotta be a nightmare yeah lucy's teacher hasn't even tried that she's got a mm-hmm. second grade class so i think she's just mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah. she just sends us like emails every week or two to have mm-hmm. the homework mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. this is done pretty pretty quickly though. Like mm-hmm. I've been surprised. Maybe her teacher is giving a lighter load or taking it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it depends but... on school, I guess. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the for the kids, it's 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 kind of hard because they're stuck at home. It's like like vacation, but you can't go outside. So right, it's, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I think it's a weird thing for your brain to, because you have like a a you know, most of us have like a workspace mm-hmm. and then a home space. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so for your brain, it like recognizes that difference and then mm-hmm. kind of switches into a different mode. 
Yep. And when everything's at home, I think it's a little bit, it feels a little bit topsy-turvy. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. It's claustrophobic for sure. I mean, yeah. I feel like the world is like my like street. That's it. There's yeah. yeah. Nothing else is than my street. And like, I would just like jump in a tram and just go like five stops away and be like, Ooh, it'd be like adventure. <laughs> I was I talking. A, oh, sorry. God. No, I took a tram back because I, I had walked down to, um, like from Regrovi Sadi, I had taken Gus for a walk and we walked Regrovi Sadi and then I had walked down to Vatsalovska Namnesi mm -hmm. to just kind of see it empty. It was like really early in the morning. It was like 7 a.m. or so. And um, it was empty. But then I was like, oh, I don't want to walk back because <laughs> I yeah. walked all the way down there. So I, uh, I jumped on a tram and didn't touch anything and like stood in the middle <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and wrote it from uh, from down, what's the, I don't know the stop that's like, I think it's just museum, right? It's yeah, at the bottom. Stop uh -huh. there. Yeah. I wrote it from museum up to, uh, up to Namasi Miro and walked mm -hmm. from there. Yeah, it's like I, those little adventures, I mean, like, yeah. it, it wouldn't be very fast. So I took a tram, but I was just like, oh, I took a tram. <laughs> I was a podcast about riding a yeah. tram. I was joking yeah. with a friend that I need to kind of train my brain by going to the city center sometime in the next mm. week or so. Because, yeah, I haven't left Pshevnov, our uh, neighborhood, since this started so it's ah. like four and a half weeks well i went to the big park to um devoka sharka so that's the only mm -hmm. time i've been out yeah. but so i didn't leave prague six yeah um, <laughs> Prague six is and, quite large though <laughs> yeah and i was thinking i need to go to the city center where there are people just to tell my brain like it's okay take a tram go to the uh -huh. city center like you're gonna need to do this again I mean, you should have gone on easter because apparently Everybody was breaking the rules because the weather was nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like lined up like near Old Town, like the ice cream shop. They were like mm -hmm. lined up around the block because they had to stand six feet apart or two meters um, apart. So everybody's trying to be good. But I mean, I actually feel some change like because I remember like going to the actual the city center, like when it all started, like the second week and there was nobody. I mean, nobody. The, the, the weather was kind of like it was was snowing a little bit but like yeah. once it stopped there was there was nobody there at the channel mm -hmm. like five people and i went there like uh i don't know two three days ago and it's it's starting to get like not back but there's change i mean yeah the restrictions are losing up a little bit so mm -hmm. yeah there's totally some change in the air i'm kind so of confused about whether or not we're allowed to go out and about right now like are we are we still under like don't leave your house unless it's like necessity I, I i don't think that was ever a thing i mean they said like you can go for like a walk you can walk your dog but just be just be cautious about it i don't think there was a like stay home and don't go outside ever oh there was really? my interpretation interpretation at least <laughs> I don't know, I well i didn't get the don't go outside ever i got the like you're allowed to take a one walk for like a certain amount of time a day with your family or with kids or yourself and your dog or whatever um but other than that i felt like it was a clear message like stay home but maybe that was oh, just in my okay. own brain <laughs> yeah i don't know anyway if it was i broke it like <laughs> well i think because there was the 10 days within the 30 days so i think the 30 days which would have ended at easter yeah um mm -hmm. 
that was more just the like in general we're slowing things down and i think Mm -hmm. that 10 days which i don't know when that finished or if it finished or (laughs) or if it was extended um that was supposed to be more the like stay at home stay closer to home sort of thing well because it changed so incrementally like it went from like okay today you shouldn't leave your house today you should you know not leave like your room to <laughs> you should wear a mask and rubber gloves wherever you go like you know what I mean like yeah, it, it was so day. incrementally that like it felt like every day there was like a more and more restriction mm-hmm. and so far I don't think we've heard like any clarity on like it feels like things are loosening up and we keep hearing that it's mm-hmm. loosening up but there hasn't been any like I mean yesterday the government rolled out like the new plan right like the June 8th is like the end date for closing mm-hmm. shopping centers and yeah, I mean, but there at, least, at least you can be uh, like some uh, fields are open like you can play tennis yes you're like you're like uh, two meters apart and there's only mm-hmm. two of you yeah you can also play football at two people so I think like this wasn't allowed like I don't know like five days ago so uh-huh. yeah. and this this is loosening up for sure yeah I think it's funny because techs are like Man, we gotta get sports going. Don't talk about <laughs> yeah, the population people would sports. be there will be a revolution. So <laughs> I know it's yeah. true. Like we cannot keep these people inside. <laughs> yeah. No, every well, Czech I know is like a nature enthusiast. <laughs> um, speaking of Czech Republic, Andra, so that you can speak for all the Czechs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have a question. So mm-hmm. I think that it's been very interesting, and I'm a little bit Czech nationalist, as you know. Um, I think it's been interesting to see how the Czech Republic has really been held up around the world as this um, example mm-hmm. of being proactive and getting things right. I'll put that in quotation marks because I'm sure I know from my Facebook that not all Czechs yeah. are happy with what's yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, but how has that translated in the Czech media? Like, are, do Czechs feel proud about that? that the world is talking about them like do do they know that we're the bbc and cnn are right really articles? i mean not really this is the first time i actually hear it like, really yeah, okay. yeah, the media media is filled basically with like the information like the numbers of ill people the number of deaths but i haven't read a single article about like uh our image in uh abroad so ah. yeah it was mostly yeah. about like really like only about us not the way mm-hmm the way where it's presented in the world so did you see the babish sent a message to trump nah nah <laughs> I don't know. What would it, was it like a text message or it was like a video message okay. that he addressed president trump and told them to wear face masks via oh. twitter i think yeah, twitter. Yeah. was okay. it twitter yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah did he have like his hat like make check great again or whatever <laughs> 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 but I mean, uh, but most of the people I feel are, they, we feel safe. I mean, mm-hmm. we feel safe. Yeah. Whatever. Even if I speak with my parents or my grandparents, like we, we feel safe. It's, it's okay. Nobody's scared. Nobody's panicking. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is the, that is the good uh, thing the government did. They were like, all right, this is real. Let's keep some restrictions and on and on. Yeah. It feels like they have it under control i mean i don't uh i don't know like 
I can't say if it's good or bad, like the, uh, the restrictions themselves, but at least like the, the feeling of, of control, like yeah. the, the main, main guy is like epidemiologist, which mm -hmm. is good. I mean, he knows what he's doing. So yeah. from this perspective, I would say they're handling pretty well. I think that's a good way to put it because I would say overall also the message I feel from mm -hmm. my Czech friends and students has been that they feel safe. Yeah, that's like it. they believe that it's out there, but mm -hmm. they they don't feel like um, it's not a Spain situation. It's not an Italy situation. Yeah. Yes, that, that's I think like the the government was scared of like being not Italy. So we're like, mm -hmm. all right, let's keep it like let's do do it quick let's do it fast so the people would feel would feel mm -hmm. safe um, Tassie, did you read that article from the people who do the food tours here in no Republic? i haven't read that she wrote an update and i thought it was interesting i hadn't not i hadn't heard this before but she said that um the government came out with information at first, like when everything started coming to the Czech Republic and people started getting sick, that like we have this many ventilators and we have this much, you know, like hospital space and we have this, these, this equipment and we'll be totally fine. We have respirators. Um, and then turns out like from her, I don't know any of her sources on this, but it turns out that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. They had to purchase them and it was super expensive um, for the country. And so... I do think the government, at the very least, has done a really good job of convincing us all that we're safe. <laughs> at least, but it, that's good. That's good enough for me. I mean, yeah. there, there isn't panic in the streets. I mean, people yeah, no, are like, yeah. trying to be nice to each other, like keeping the uh, the distance. Yeah. Like everybody's wearing a mask, which is like I thought. Like was like when it uh, they, when they first said, it, I was like, nobody's gonna follow that. Everybody, every single person has a mask, which is yeah. Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's, it's kind of unbelievable if you think about it because like we as czechs like schweik's tradition and all that i would imagine like everyone like nah don't wear a mask or so or right mask right or have it like exactly i'm kind of impressed by it that like every single person wearing yeah it. i have i can say that about being in this country during this time that um i'm glad i'm here and mm -hmm. not in my home country at the moment uh, yeah. um just statistically speaking you know like not even anything to do with the government well it is to do with the government but because like it's out of control um so i am glad i'm here mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh i we can't say that yeah and the czech people have really collaborated a lot yeah, with yeah. one another to you know make this disease have less of an impact and that is mm -hmm. really inspiring and it's yeah, been yeah, really yeah. cool mm -hmm. Yeah, the sense of community has been amazing. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I ever have to move back to the United States, this will always be like a, like in my brain, like, where were you when the <laughs> pandemic of 2020 <laughs> happened? And I, was like, I, mean, has, I was in the Czech Republic with these awesome people. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do, like, uh, with our location. Like, we're a really small nation. So yeah. It wasn't hard. There were, like, a lot of tourists in here. So, plus I think we're in a really good like economic shape. So that too, it wasn't like we're, we're on like a, uh, we're okay. I mean, we're- Right, we're unemployment over, so, is low. I mean, mm -hmm. it's unbelievably low. Everybody has a job. We have a lot of money in our, like, like every, everywhere. So I think we're, we were prepared even before. And like the example of Italy and Spain, I yeah. think the government's like, all right, let, let's keep it, let's keep it under control. 
So, yeah. I am interested to see what happens with the tourist industry though, because there's so many people whose jobs rely on the millions oh, yeah. of people who come to this country and what happens with those people, like if they're able to adapt to a local audience or local oh, clientele. Well, yeah. Yeah. We'll see in the summer, I would say, because like, uh, apparently the, uh, borders will still be closed. And of course, like a lot of, uh, people from Prague are, uh, they're depending on the tourists. So we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. For, as, as far as I know, there's like a one time, uh, like a financial aid for 25,000 yeah. crowns. That's only yeah. like one time. So I don't know what they're going to do about it. Like, later. Yeah. It's really crazy to see like the, the ambiante restaurant closed though. Yeah. Closed? Cooking, like yeah. for real? Cooking, yeah, the yeah. one that's here near us at the um, cafe. But they did it close for real? or like Yeah, the they, yeah went they went under. They went bankrupt. They went, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Really oh. quickly. And, it, you know, from like a major group like Ambiante, like it's crazy to see a mm. restaurant go down oh. like that. Mm. I think it's mostly like the fancy restaurants that are yeah. suffering now. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see that's the, that's the thing like that some people talk about. Like, it's good that we're close. We're keeping it like under control. But what about the economics? Yeah. Like it will maybe like in these weeks, it'll, it'll boil out. So we'll see we'll see about yeah, that yeah, yeah. Mm. well this is maybe a good place to transition into our topic <laughs> our hopes and our dreams uh-huh. <laughs> there's uh-huh. no hope there's just dreams, there's just <laughs> dreams. <laughs> um, no hope. so something that has become quite a phenomenon around the world is people are having coronavirus dreams yeah um, and there are articles popping up on the internet all over the place yeah. Uh, so we read some articles and we thought today we would talk about what are people dreaming about, what's happening, mm-hmm. and why yeah. is this crisis seeping into our sleep? Mm-hmm. So, it's an interesting phenomenon, like how your subconscious um, responds to um, stress around you. Like uh, I was reading in the article from the New York Times, which we will link to um that said that it has to do with like the limbic system in your brain that is connected to behavioral and emotional responses um Mm -hmm. and there was a psychologist from um harvard who was talking about how there's a difference between the dreams of like regular people who are just experiencing basically a lot of boredom, but maybe a lot of fear. Um, and somebody who's experiencing like, being on like the front lines of, or connection to the disease, like they have it, they know somebody who has it, mm-hmm. um, or their doctors, nurses, people who are working directly with it, um, who are making like terrible decisions, not terrible decisions in the judgment sense, but like decisions that you wouldn't want to have to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the people who are missing the T part of PTSD, <laughs> the trauma, um, for the average Joe or Honza, as it may be in this country, <laughs> um, it's, it's a different experience. But I think probably what we're going to talk more about tonight is this sort of collective um, experience of not necessarily related to trauma, but related to things just sort of being out of place 
Mm -hmm. I told Tassie the other day, I just have this distinct like vision of like, I went to sleep one night and I woke up and somebody had rearranged all the furniture in this Mm -hmm. crazy formation. Like there was like an end table on the couch and all the posters were upside down and Mm -hmm. everything was like irritating to me because Mm -hmm. I like wanted to put it back in its place, but I couldn't put it back in its place. And so it's sort of like a waking dream (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. where like, it's just out of order. Everything's different. And there's that feeling of like loss of normal. Yeah. Well, my question is, are you guys dreaming more? I was at the beginning Mm -hmm. dreaming more. Um, I have since stopped, but I, well, not necessarily stopped, but my dreams have kind of shifted, but I'll talk a bit about that later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, um, at the beginning I was having dreams that I was like locked up with a bunch of people that I know or knew like mm-hmm. from my past, like from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just people I hadn't seen in similar. like 20 yeah. years. Like, and I was, we were locked in a house together and everybody was fighting and I had to like try to figure out how to get people to get along. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I was really overwhelmed. And Andre, have you been having dreams? A lot of dreams. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know like the, uh, like why, whether if it's the, the situation outside or whether it's like my situation, like uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm home most of the time. So I have a time to think about them, you know, like when I wake up, I have like a lot of time to make myself a breakfast, to make a tea and I can think about like whatever I've been dreaming of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From time to time, I have these dreams about, uh, like I'm looking out from outside or I have this feeling that something's happening outside the world and I have to be inside. Like there's something like yeah. there's something going on. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, but I like these moments that I'm like rushing home, closing my door and my window and so on. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting because one of the things in the article, they touched on this, um, that it does seem that collectively we are, as a human race, all dreaming a bit more. Um, and that was one of the things that they, they said in the article, that it may be that we just have a lot of time to yeah. realize that we're dreaming, that it's not just mm-hmm. you wake up at six o'clock, you jump in the shower yeah. and you head out the door, but we're actually sitting and thinking yes. and yeah. something throughout the day can spark that memory, um, which it's I thought that that was interesting. interesting theory though, because typically like if you wake up during the middle of a REM cycle, that's when you have, when you remember your dreams. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for people who, for a lot of people who don't have like as rigorous a schedule anymore, like they don't have to wake up at a certain time. They can just, you know, get to work or they naturally wake up instead of alarm clocks and such. Um, like they should shouldn't be waking up during REM as often. They should be waking up in like a natural sleep cycle. But maybe it's just because of the dreams themselves that people are waking up. Like, Well, I'm a person that I, like I always tell people I don't dream, which then they go, only psychopaths don't dream. So <laughs> it's not that I don't dream, but I don't remember my dreams. Yeah. Um, very, very rarely. Um, and so what's been happening is that I wake up either in the middle of the night several times. So uh-huh. it could be that I'm waking up in the middle of that REM. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'm remembering those later in the day. Um, 
or that I'm just like waking up with the sun or like my rhythm. It's not necessarily I'm sleeping until I'm rested and waking uh-huh. up. It's just my rhythm is off. That's uh-huh. the other point, like maybe because the time change that happened like uh, yeah, a couple weeks true. ago. So it's yeah. kind of like, you know, the sun. Like I wake up like hour earlier than I like than my clock. And mm-hmm. usually the dreams I remember are from this hour and I wake up and I go back to sleep again. Uh-huh. Oh, so you Usually have interrupted. Yes. Yeah. Like uh-huh. those little scenes that keeps like repeating. So yeah. Something else that I thought was really interesting from the article was that um, this is a phenomenon that has been documented throughout the years. And specifically, there is a book called The Third Reich of Dreams um, that someone collected 75 dreams of people um, during World War II. Um, and it was really interesting to me to think about, of course, coronavirus is not, no. um, it's not World War II. I, right. I appreciate that. But the concept of that when something severely disrupts our uh, collective consciousness, that it does show up in people's dreams. Yeah. And actually, I think that that book was the inspiration for the website. I don't know if you guys checked it out but the um, couple who are actually collecting dreams. Um, I did check it out. Oh that my gosh. That was really cool. Um, did you read I, some of them? I Just briefly, because she's illustrating them and putting them on Instagram. So I, I looked through her Instagram mm-hmm. uh, with the illustrations. Um, some of them are just so, so sad. Uh-huh. Like there was one uh, American person who um, had a dream about Queen Elizabeth. Um, and she, they were all eating in a cafeteria and Queen Elizabeth was like dressed in her crown and sash and everything. And she was eating there with everyone. Um, and the person who was dreaming was like wanting to go up and, and like touch her and tell her she was doing a good job or I don't know, there was some sort of connection she wanted to make to the queen, but she couldn't remember all the rules about how you approach the queen and what you can say and what you shouldn't say and all of that kind of stuff. And so she just let it go. And then her quote from after that was, uh, like after the dream description was, I'm not a Brit, I'm not British and I'm not an Anglophile. I'm an American. So this was a little surprising. My first COVID dream and it's about Queen Elizabeth, but I think it had something to do with her broadcast to the British people. I found it profoundly comforting and it made me long for an American leader who could do the same, but we have no one. We're alone. Oh, that is really sad. Isn't that so sad? Mm. There was another girl who was talking about, um, she, she uh, was dreaming of when she lived in Romania and that she was like with all of her childhood friends and they were back in Romania, but they were like in this protected area where like life was going about as normal because they had zero cases so they had like shut down all access to this town and they were the only people that were safe and then at the end she's like then at the end of the dream we sat eating our ice cream or whatever it was in the dream we sat eating together and cried about our lives that we had lost like our old lives and I was like, whoa, this is heavy stuff, man. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's one of the reasons why they're collecting these dreams is that um, psychologists 
Actually, it's not just psychologists. I've been reading ec uh, yeah, economists and uh, like anyone who can gather data right now is like, this is never going to happen. Ethically, yeah. we can't ever do this to people again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let's collect all the data. So it's been interesting to see how psychologists are trying to get um, people to recollect their dreams and to write them down. It's part of the motivation of that website mm -hmm. um, because... It's when else can you study a phenomenon mm -hmm. like this? Yeah. It's really fascinating when you go to the website and it says like, um, enter your dream, give me your information or whatever. Like when you read the fine print at the bottom, mm -hmm. uh, you are giving the, the couple that's running the website, the rights to your dream in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. You can never like write about it somewhere else or talk about it somewhere else legally because now they own your dream. Beautiful. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's so 1984. Like, so yeah. strange. <laughs> true, it's true. Um, so, and it's also interesting that people love to talk about their dreams, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. of course, if you have a crazy ass dream, you wake up the next day and you guys are lucky enough that you live with other humans in your apartment. So you get to like tell the other humans. Mm -hmm. I don't have to tell Tony, who really doesn't care, or <laughs> call someone and be like, "I had this dream," but your dreams are never as interesting to anyone else as they are. I to mean, you. it's so hard to like uh, explain them, like it to is. illustrate them. There's so much going on. Like, I think like the hardest part is like the or the, the main part of the dream is the feeling. I mean, yeah. that you just can't translate it. I mean, it's, it's true. always this like subtle little things that you can't really like explain. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like little things that are out of place. Yeah. That, I also know. like do, I don't know if you guys have it, but like I'm really uh, like whatever I dream, it, it has effect on my day. Like if I like really yes. bad dream, I'm totally. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if it feels particularly real or feels mm -hmm. particularly yeah. sad. I thought that was an interesting thing that they, that the, um, psychologist was talking about the difference of people who had PTSD and people who were just experiencing grief and, you know, maybe they wouldn't classify it as trauma on a psychological level. Um, but disruption, I guess would be the best way to put that. Um, the people with PTSD have these really lifelike <coughs> vivid dreams where things are happening in a sequence like they would in real life. Mm -hmm. So, they're very like vivid and colorful and you can colorful in like the metaphysical sense, but like you can, um, you can definitely distinguish that from the people who are having this collective experience of dreaming about coronavirus because the dreams are not, they're just kind of chaos and whimsy mm -hmm. and kind of foggy. Um, and maybe there are things that you can pull out that you can say, but you're not experiencing them so vividly mm -hmm. um, as people who have PTSD. And I thought that was interesting because what if you have PTSD, but you don't have a t like trauma related to this particular virus, but like your fear is like triggering another kind of post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it's, it, I mean, that really plays into the theory theories of dreaming and why we dream because they're like nobody knows why right. we dream um and i really liked the quote from i don't think it was the article that we read it may have been 
no, it was from the article we read. Sorry, because I read like three articles. So I was yeah, trying me to too. write them in my notes. <laughs> um, because the, the journalist interviewed a guy named Dylan Selterman. And he had this really nice quote. Some researchers believe that dreams have a functional purpose to prepare us for difficult or challenging situations when we awake. Normally what happens during a stress dream is that your mind appears to be working a problem out. There are also researchers who believe the inverse of that. For example, if you're experiencing difficulties in your current life and dream about them, that can predict your future mental health. Mm -hmm. So I think that that plays into it because if your brain is really preparing for that surgery tomorrow, you may have that uh, dream of the step-by-step versus- I mean, I remember like uh, when I went to like the new job recently, I had just mm-hmm. like the day before, I had, like so many dreams about waking up and oversleeping. Mm-hmm. And it's like, or the first day of school or whatever. So I think yeah. your brain is thinking- It's well, true, you sleep, just preparing yeah. you for that. Uh-huh. So, so yeah. I, I recently- also, I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it's like a like side note. I think like uh, as like because that's not so much going on like outside. So we gotta think like inside. So I it's like because of this introspective, I think most of us are having like more dreams. Mm-hmm. But it's just not like we don't have to talk like to think about the stuff outside because there's nothing, or mm-hmm. in the news. But like in actual world, there's nothing going on really. So like our brains, they just go inside and just uh, trying to find whatever. whatever yeah, that's there. true. A lot of material inside ah, the oh brain man. right now. That's yeah. true. A lot of time to think. <laughs> a, lot of time, a lot of time to think, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I recently had surgery where I got some cancer cells removed from my scalp, which ended up being like fairly extensive when I thought it was just going to be like a small thing. And I had it done in a doctor's office, like just, you know, a medical office. Um, so I didn't have to go to the hospital, but I was super, super afraid of getting like an infection, like subconsciously afraid. Like I wasn't actually like, it was just this like irrational fear that was popping out. I was super afraid that it was going to get infected. Um, and then I would have to go to an actual hospital which is scary for me on a couple different levels. One, I have to speak Czech or Mm -hmm. figure out how to communicate. And so my Czech is not that great. And if I'm in distress, it's even worse. (laughs) So, um, so going to a Czech hospital where I don't like quite understand the system at all is really stressful. And two, that's where COVID is, right? So I started having all these dreams before the surgery and after the surgery that like my the top of my skull was falling off and I had to go to the hospital and it was like this horrible situation or like that my like brains were seeping out of my head and I had to like, it was really crazy. They started to get a lot more vivid and a lot more scary, like nightmarish mm-hmm. um, at that point. That's when my dream shifted. That's what I was talking about um, yeah. earlier. And I feel like I'm still like, I'm recovering. My head is fine. Like there's a, a big scar, a big scab. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. I think I also, I was on pain medication. <laughs> that will also help. Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. also might have something to do with the crazy dreams. <laughs> it's interesting because I would say the first uh, couple of weeks, my dreams were all about touch or yeah. space. 
So I had a very vivid dream that I just met a friend and we hugged. Like, like mm. I mean, the dream, of course, feels like it's hours long. I'm sure it's seconds, but that yeah. we were just holding each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of dreams about friends from high school as well. Friends from high school, like people <laughs> that I haven't mm. seen in 20 years. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of connection kind of dreams. And then it shifted in the last like week or so to more of the bad dreams in quote marks where I had a dream that Tondo was lost, for example, or um, I had a dream. uh, Oh, I think I told you both about this. I had a dream that I, my phone was stolen or I lost it and it was the link to my identity. So that meant that I no longer existed and I'm trying to convince the Czech government that I have health insurance mm-hmm. here and I'm a mm-hmm. resident and they're like, you don't exist. Um, so it's interesting, how that, dreams. <laughs> it's interesting how that has kind of shifted. What is your dream experience been, Ondra? Uh, so at the beginning it was mostly about like the outside world, like closing up uh, and mm-hmm. like me being isolated. Uh-huh. Uh, now it's a little bit shifting to like the uh, buried fears that like the traumas like really really deep, which is in a way it's it's scary for sure. Yeah. But the other way it's so the one thing I like about this quarantine is that I have a time to figure a lot of personal stuff out, which is uh-huh. good. Uh, I quit smoking like uh, two weeks ago, which is wow. I have never done it. Thank you. I would never done it like without this quarantine. Yeah. So for me, it's like again like the brain doesn't have a time it's not occupied with the like every everyday stuff like work and like the little little meetings with people and so on so it goes deeper to the childhood stuff that's been buried for too long (laughs) now it's all boiling up in this weird dreams uh i i take it as a like like, opportunity to think all right those are my fears those are some of my traumas Mm -hmm. so i gotta figure it out somehow but yeah, I mean, I have, a, it's like at, at, at every night I have like five or six dreams. Wow. So yeah, it's really, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way annoying. to approach it um, because I, I don't, like I said, I don't really dream, but when I've had dreams in the past, they've been mm-hmm. really traumatic linked to yeah. loss or childhood memories or something. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting that you say that because that's what um, a therapist told me was that you shouldn't shut those dreams off, that you should, because... Just think about I, them, analyze yeah, them a little bit. Like, All right, that's going, exactly what, what she said. Um, especially if I wake up in the middle of the night, her recommendation was, well, actually don't, let yourself fall asleep, like take yourself step by step through that Mm -hmm. dream, try to connect to where Mm -hmm. uh, or why you had it and link in your brain back and then go to sleep. Um, And I think that what you said is really true, Ondra, that right now, because we have so much time and your brain is dealing with that Yes. With itself, it's itself. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more quiet. It is, Mm -hmm. I like it, I like it. it's, it's been good for me, but mm-hmm. yeah. You know, there was an interesting study that I read a long time ago um, that was talking about Americans and quiet and the power of solitude. And there was some crazy statistic, like if given the choice between being like electric shocked 
And I think uh, that was one of the articles we read. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but you and I. Yeah, there was an, yeah, there was another one that we, we talked about, but like giving the choice between being alone with themselves for 10 minutes and receiving electric shock. They chose electric shock. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like, yeah. um, the amount that like, I, I think people s- try to distract themselves, mm-hmm. um, so that they don't have to deal with their brain and quarantine. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like if you don't like your brain, like if you don't like living with yourself, like you don't like yourself, like your own company, not don't like yourself. That sounds bad. But if you don't like your own company, like, or aren't like soothed by quiet or used to solitude, then this could really mess with your head, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. Well, or, or then again, it's an opportunity to really yeah. like, all right, be cool with yourself. Yeah. yeah that's that's how I'm trying to approach it. Like, I have time now. Let's think about yeah. the mm-hmm. things I should have way, way ago. Yeah, that's right. a really positive way of thinking about it. I agree. Um, well, is there any other thing weighing on your minds before we wrap up? Um, well, I read something interesting in the New York Times article that I uh-huh. thought would be um, that I thought would be interesting to try out. Haven't done it yet, but I think it would be interesting to try out. Um, Dr. Barrett, who was the psychologist I was talking about earlier from Harvard, um, she recommends attempting to program your dreams. Have you guys heard about this? Ooh, yeah, I've read a little bit about it in the past, or I listened to a podcast about it. Yeah, it's a little bit different than lucid dreaming. Um, and so far as like, as you fall asleep, it's called a dream incubation. Um, you choose a category of dream you would like to have, for instance, flying. And then if you're a good visualizer, you imagine yourself soaring, flying, like all the things that are associated with flying. Um, and if that doesn't come easily to you, if you're not a good visualizer, then having pictures by your nightstand, uh, things that you can look at before you go to sleep um, to help you visualize or to focus on. Um, And that's the last thing you look at before you turn off your light. And then repeat to yourself as you're drifting off to sleep what it is that you want to dream about. And then apparently this has a really high success rate of people being able to kind of control their dreams. And I think this would be a really interesting time because like, what else do we have to do to like run psychological experiments on ourselves by trying out these like things that you can see if you can control your dreams report back i want to hear about it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that sounds really interesting also I've, i don't know where i read it uh but like the lucid dreaming when you actually like you are aware that you're dreaming like one uh, way to do it is like once a day just like really concentrate on your surroundings like really trying to like on your room or the park you're at and really really trying to like remember every detail of it and then it will like repeat in your brain because mm-hmm. there's a lot of information in it and uh as an effect you'll be able to like realize all right i'm dreaming now so i don't know yeah. I've, i've heard that people have tried to train themselves to learn a song mm-hmm. on the piano that way where um mm-hmm. they visualize the the learning 
of a song, but they don't actually play. And then it comes up in their dream and they can play in the dream. And it's supposedly in your waking life, it should also increase your ability to do things. Yeah, employ that as well. Yeah, like a lot of like visualization before games and stuff like that or matches or whatever sports ball thing they're doing. (laughs) <laughs> the human brain is so fascinating. You know what's interesting though? I was just, I've been doing um, our friend Dan from the podcast has had offered to do a free history class like several times meeting with Lucy so that she could, you know, pick a subject in history and she could learn about it and he would teach her. And um, so he's been doing that. We studied mummification this week and did you know that, well, you probably do, Tassie, because you're obsessed with that Egypt podcast. <laughs> I am obsessed with that Egypt What's podcast. the podcast called? Uh, I think it's just called Egypt. His Is it just called Egypt? Yeah. 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 I listened to it a couple times. Um, but the Egyptians were convinced that the brain was useless, that everything, like, that you, as Dan described it, like, where you feel your stress and where you feel your emotion is usually in your belly, right? Because, like... Mm you get butterflies like when you're nervous or you get like your stomach starts to bother you when you're stressed out. Um, So the Egyptians thought that the brain was completely useless. So like while they put all of the major organs in jars, um, like as they like dried the bodies and stuff, they just took a hook and shoved it in your nose, scrambled up your brains and dragged it out. And there's like, there's that theory or there's the theory that they like turned you upside down and then scrambled your brain like eggs, you know, like really fast <laughs> and then just turned you over and it just all came out your nose. Yeah. <laughs> so for, if you need any visualization for your dream tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> now I put that image in your head. <laughs> yeah, the Egyptians didn't know about the brain. No, <laughs> it didn't come up. <laughs> So, well, on our ending note, our note, or our, how I never once said moment of calm correctly. <laughs> it's going to be 30 days of straight of podcasting. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. That'll be my visualization for tonight. Moment of calm. Moment of calm. Um, I'm going to uh, knit two things together because I'm going Ooh. to read a Shel Silverstein poem for our moment of comment. For our moment of calm tonight. <laughs> our moment of comet? That's like our moment of comet. <laughs> it's like inter- intergalactical comet. <laughs> so the name of the poem is Frozen Dream. I'll take the dream I had last night and put it in my freezer. So someday long and far away, when I'm an old gray geezer, I'll take it out and thaw it out. This lovely dream I've frozen and boil it up and sit me down and dip my old cold toes in. Aw, that's very what's, sweet. What, what's a geezer? Uh, it's an old person. Oh. Yeah, like an is old like grumpy a, man. Isn't it like an English slang for something? Yeah, it's like, English. Geezer? Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think they also use it kind of as a, like, dude or... Okay. Like, yeah. as a guy, term for another guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a nice poem, though. Nice poem. <laughs> so.
and an English lesson all in one. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this podcast is everything, man. Like everything you can imagine. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We uh, very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. So Jessica. much fun. Thank you, guys. And I'll see you January tomorrow. Andra, hopefully you'll enjoy listening to us and tell Yvcha that I said hello. I will. I will. <laughs> All right. Good night, you guys. Thanks for listening Bye. to today's episode of From Quarantine. Our greatest wish is that it brought some levity to your day. If we made you laugh even a little bit, then we accomplished our goal. We are now live on all major platforms, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as your favorite third-party apps. Just search for From Quarantine. You can find us on Instagram by searching From Quarantine as well, and you can also reach us through our website, quarantine.cz. We would love it if you would like and share our episodes with your friends, but if you could also take a moment to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would help us out tremendously. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow. This podcast is brought to you by the coronavirus outbreak. Live together. Dialogue.